thanks for tuning in to the Food for Thought Fridays. I just have a small announcement and wanted to let you guys know that you probably noticed last Friday we put out a podcast on the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And we originally kind of wanted to make that a little bit of like a book club. There's nine chapters and we put it out on Friday, but then we decided we're actually going to move it over to Thursdays. That way, the next nine weeks, you will have a chapter from that book each week. It'll come out on Thursdays and we're going to leave the Food for Thought Fridays just for different topics to discuss. Um, And the one that we have coming up is a great conversation that I have with my good friend Mary talking about the spiritual consequences of alcohol consumption. So I'm really excited to talk to her about that today. And But we are going to leave the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck chapters for Thursday. So hope you guys enjoy that. And uh, just wanted to let you know that we're switching the day on that. I would like to welcome back a guest that we had on a previous show, Mary Peichel. Um, you might remember her. She's one of my good, dear friends. And we talked about a book written by Emily Bennington, Miracles at Work. It was one of our Monday podcast that we put out. But uh, Mary and I came across a really interesting article. It's called The Spiritual Consequences of Alcohol Consumption. And it's just a topic that we always tend to um, talk about when we get together. And sometimes we're getting together over a glass of wine ourselves and, you know, talking about alcohol consumption, um, drug addiction, how that kind of plays into spirituality. Um, you know, I know that we both have some clients that have struggled with this. So sometimes we try to troubleshoot it to find out how do we approach this? How we've heard that alcoholism and drug addiction can be a spiritual disease. So how do we come to, uh, help people heal that, see that within themselves? What does it mean? How come so many people become addicted to things? Um, I remember, I had asked Mary the question when we were doing one of our trips and I said, is there anyone that you know that has zero addictions whatsoever, that they're not addicted to something? And you were like, wow, hold on. That's a really good question. So, so hi, Mary. I've asked a better question. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Welcome to the Food for Thought Friday. Yeah. Great to be here. Yeah. Welcome back. So, yeah. So, yeah, I remember I, I asked you that question. You were like, you were silent for almost 10 minutes. You're like, I'm still thinking about that question. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that I can really answer that because I, I don't know. I mean, it's so subjective, right? And I mean, anything can be an addiction really, but the question is like, really, what is an addiction? And I've heard, you know, I've heard different definitions, but from a spiritual perspective, it's the seeking of God. And, you know, we could talk about this a lot, but really in its simplest terms is finding our way back to joy and peace. We have two, um, two motivations as humans. Like we strive for happiness and we seek to relieve pain and we don't have tools or we've had really damaging experiences, you know, drugs can be a quick and easy tool, but you know, they're really egoic based. And although they might be maybe possibly on some level helpful in the moment, you know, they're really destructive energy. Yeah. And this, um, this article that you sent me, it was off of a website called educateinspirechange.org. And the author, her name is, I, I might butcher this, but it's Zara Sitta. 
Z-A-H-R-A-H-S-I-T-A. And I believe if you put .com, you will get to her website. Um, but it was really, really fascinating and a totally different approach to take a look at um, alcohol. This is more specifically about alcohol, but I think that it can also fall under um, other other addictions as well, you know, or drug addiction, but um, pretty, pretty fascinating stuff that she wrote here. And one of the things too, Mary, that you just said, where a lot of times it's seeking, you know, people will turn to certain addictions to seek for more joy or more ease. Um, you know, I also recently read an article too, that, uh, this researcher was talking about addiction. It's not about the drugs, but it's about the adverse childhood experience experiences. And he goes into actually saying what he believes addiction really is, is a ritualized compulsive comfort seeking behavior. Mm. So same type of thing that people are turning to this more for that. Yeah. For that comfort. Everyone is seeking comfort. Like you said, everyone is seeking happiness. Everyone is seeking joy. And sometimes alcohol and drugs can get us there really quick. Right. And we're a culture or a society of instant gratification. Yes. Right. So. Yeah. So I wanted to go into the article. Now I, I thought this woman just did a phenomenal job. She took us through really what the word, where the word alcohol comes from and uh, she stated in her article that it comes from the Arabic al-kul, which means body-eating spirit. Yes. And she was talking about in the Middle Eastern folklore that a ghoul is an evil demon thought to eat human bodies, either as stolen right. corpses or as children. <laughs> um, and then she was also talking about how the word alcohol can be used uh, for metaphors as life, water, or spirit. And I also thought it was really interesting how she said uh, many times, you know, alcohol will be referred to as spirits. And we'll get into a little bit more about how she connected the two. Um, And then I also thought it was interesting when she went on to say in alchemy, alcohol is used to extract the soul's essence of an entity. Right. Um, It makes you think twice before you have that next sip of wine, right? I know. I know. And then uh, what else did she say here? I guess when she was talking about um, when people are consuming alcohol in the body, that it starts to begin to extract the very essence of our soul and then allowing our physical body to be more susceptible to neighboring entities or lower frequencies. Right. Because our frequency is our point of attraction, you know, and even in, in our everyday world, right, we'll attract friends and experiences based on where we're vibrating. But we also have this kind of unseen energy world going on around us. So it makes you wonder. Yeah. And what, what kind of freaked me out a little bit, but was also really interesting when she talked about how, how the soul. So I guess when you're consuming alcohol, right now, I granted, I think what she's talking about here is when we get to the point of really above a buzz maybe, and that we're starting to get very drunk (laughs) and how that our soul needs to kind of up and leave the physical body because it gets so uncomfortable to stay in the physical body. And then she gave some great examples of how, you know, people will either black out or not remember things or how they look differently. Their eyes will change. Um, their personality just becomes very different. And she talked about how, when our soul begins to leave and take a break from 
the toxicity that we're putting into our body, that it then leaves this physical vessel open for lower frequencies and entities to enter. What do you think about that? Uh, You know, I've definitely seen people really do a 180 in their personalities drinking. You know, I've come across that a few times and I always kind of wondered, like, are they even there? Because when you're talking to them, there's no reasoning, there's no rationalization, but you know, they're awake, they're breathing, they're, they're aware on some level, but yet they're unreachable. And I've always, always kind of wondered, you know, is it them that's really there? Is there something else that's sort of present with them? Yeah. And I I don't know, I guess it just kind of made you think a little, made me think a little bit more too about, about, you know, the whole just spirituality thing. And, you know, I don't know, maybe some people don't really believe that, okay, so our soul is coming up and out. And you mean to tell me that there's a darker energy that's actually inhabiting my my body. Some people might consider that to be possession, you know, but, um, so I was also, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I've, you know, I've worked with people and, you know, we've talked a lot about blacking out and, you know, what they do and not remembering and then people telling them and it's like, God, that's not anything I would ever do, which is really interesting. Right. So what do you think happens? Like, um, you know, so say, cause, cause the author was talking about how she was actually visually saw this because she was a clairvoyant and clairaudient and she was outside of a bar and she was actually able to see, um, darker entities hanging around these bodies and kind of like entering the people who were very intoxicated. So what are, I don't know, like, what are your thoughts about what do you think happens once the person sleeps it off or the next day that that energy has left? Do you really think these energies just inhabit the body for short periods of time? Or what do you think happens? Oh, God. I mean, this isn't the first time I've read this. I've read other accounts of people with, you know, the ability to have deeper sight, see these entities hanging around bars and, you know, people that are intoxicated. And I mean, it's just another really good question. I mean, who knows? We can, you know, if we're susceptible, I don't know that necessarily it happens to everybody, right? I mean, some people can go out and get drunk and they're fine. And then other people, it seems to be, and just from the clients that I've worked with in alcoholism, there's different levels And I think that there's different levels of suffering. There's different levels of despair. And I remember reading um, Louise Hay in her book, You Can Heal Your Life. She has a little list of um, ailments and right next to them what the etiologies are. And I remember her talking about drug addiction, alcoholism, that there is a level of self-hatred that goes along Mm. along with people that have addiction, alcoholism. Um, So... I mean, would that be a factor too? I don't know. I mean, if we are, if we're looking at demons, their essence is hatred, right? There it's hate. It's maybe that plays a part as well. Maybe not everyone is susceptible. Right. And I I remember you and I were talking once and I haven't listened to the Abraham Hicks, um, YouTube on it, but you had mentioned that you had once heard when somebody was asking a question about it, that there are many spiritual masters at AA meetings that, that people who are also struggling with addiction happen to also be of, can be of a high caliber of, of a spiritual being. Right. You know, they, I think they said that alcoholism is a spiritual disease. So what does that mean? (laughs) Well, if you look at the, the principles of AA, 
Yeah. Right. They are, it's the mindfulness path. It's taking responsibility. It's, um, there's processes of atonement in there. There is, you know, it's, it's almost like, it's like Buddhism. It's like a course in miracles. It's, it's really a spiritual practice and it even brings God into it. Right. So there's even that high spiritual entity that is supporting you through it. Um, and AA is really successful for people if they work it, right? And they really work the steps. Like we we all know that people can get into treatment and they can be something called a dry drunk, right? So they don't engage in drinking anymore, but they haven't healed the spiritual affliction, right? So they're still walking around very angry or projecting. Um, so I, I've always felt that there's a lot of truth to that. And the people that I see come through recovery, right, that kind of sit on my couch or come for energy sessions, there is a depth to them that that can't be denied. Right. No, I um. Oh, go ahead. No, I I just wanted to say that yeah, the the steps really are a very spiritual practice. I mean, when I have a couple of clients that have worked them, um, you know, have years of sobriety, and learning about them myself, I was actually kind of shocked to see how spiritual the 12 step programs were, you know, and, and really taking a look at your own character defects, um, you know, also coming to love those, but recognizing them, seeing where you hurt people along the line. And then, you know, one of, I think the most spiritual steps is making amends, you know, kind of, and, and that's all about forgiveness and the person forgiving themselves, but then also, you know, just owning some of the hardship that their addiction may have put other people through and trying to make amends with each person that they've come into contact with. So, yeah, it really is a, a spiritual practice. And I, I guess I, I don't know if I've ever heard that it was, I mean, up until more recently that it was a spiritual disease, but I, I can, I do understand that. I can see that when you're, taking a look at the steps that they are looking to apply to get them into recovery, into sobriety. We just kind of talked about this in my last group this week, my mindfulness group, that all affliction is a spiritual disease and that there's a spiritual solution. We try and, you know, solve so many things with our mind and with reasoning, but any kind of suffering is a disconnect from our truth. So there's a spiritual, there's a spiritual answer for it. Right. So back in my late 20s, I was struggling with trying to quit tobacco. And, um, you know, like anything else, you get the idea, maybe this isn't so good for me anymore. I should, I should stop. And there is a teacher around here. His name is Sacred Owl. And he is, um, he is a native um, healer. And he is psychic and he would do these groups. And, you know, he was a mentor for me for a little bit of time. And I remember talking to him about smoking and that I wanted to quit smoking. And I just felt that, you know, if I was trying to become a little bit more enlightened in my choices, that I really needed to give this up. And he said to me that um, the Native tribes people use tobacco to talk to God. And he said, you know, when you, when you, when people are smoking and you look at them, they're just kind of like spaced out. They're sort of in this place where they're in their own world. And he suggested to me that, you know, if I was smoking and I wanted to cut down, I should think about what I have to say to God. So he's like, rather than pick up the cigarette, have a conversation with God. So I thought that that was really interesting. And it kind of brings back to, you know, seeking something for that comfort that you get from 
God or from the universe or, you know, whatever, whatever definition of the entity is that you connect with that feeds us. Right. And that kind of goes a little bit um, hand in hand with the video that you sent me. Um, I don't remember her name. I'm sure you will. But when she was talking to Gabby Bernstein, it was another author that just came out with a new book. And Gabby uh, Bernstein also has a story of how she recovered from quite a few addictions. I mean, I think she was like addicted to cocaine and she had some eating disorder stuff and really Course in Miracles kind of helped her to get her life straight as well. Um, But they were having a small discussion about how some people will find spirituality after they're giving up an addiction or say like, you know, they come to AA and all of a sudden they find spirituality. And then the woman that she was interviewing, it was just the opposite for her where she, you know, would, would drink and have wine or whatever the case may be. And then as she was going down her spiritual path, she found herself wanting to give that up more and more and eventually, um, just gave up substances and drinking after she got on the spiritual path, because she felt that there was a disconnect and it wasn't the energy of, of drinking and having a couple of glasses of wine just wasn't really resonating with her vibration and where she was moving towards. Right. And I think that that happens very, very naturally. I think it's a question, but when it happens in that way, it just sort of, we don't become attracted to those things anymore. Right. I, um, I know that when I'm like really, really strong in my practice, I don't crave unhealthy food and it's not a struggle. It's just like an easy thing. Like my self care, like goes off the charts and it's not anything that's like, God, I have to do this. It just happens naturally. And I had, and I have not shared this with anybody, but in one of my groups, um, one of my group members came to me and said, you know, since I've been, you know, having this practice really consistently, I have lost weight and it hasn't been a struggle. And it's just, I mean, it's pretty interesting that when we connect to that part of ourselves, right, what, what we transcend, like the transcendent sort of, we're sort of transcended through whatever the struggles might be. Yeah. And that's what I like a lot when I listen to the Abraham Hicks YouTubes, where it's basically once you come into alignment, everything else comes into alignment. You know, it's like the food issues, the alcohol, the drug, the gambling, the sex, um, you know, name, name, whatever the addiction is or what people are struggling with. But when you have those moments of alignment, like you said, everything just becomes very, very easy. Things fall into place. In our last um, talk, in our last show, that's that quote that we opened with. We think we have many problems, but we have only one, our separation from God. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's a perfect way to end this podcast. <laughs> we started yeah. it with one and we're ending it with another. But I just again, have I, a little I just have a little funny thing to add that I just remembered when I was sitting here. Um, I love vampire or I love the show True Blood and I decided just to start watching it again. And one of the characters on there um, was suffering from alcoholism. And then she decided that it was a demon in her and she went and had the demon exercised and she didn't want to have the alcohol anymore. And I just watched this episode last night. Yeah. Which kind of goes hand in hand with what, um, this author and the article that we're viewing kind of says. So, so if you guys are interested to read it, I would, uh, we do have the link in the show notes, so you can go ahead and check that out. And again, our food for thought Fridays, it's really not even coming to any conclusion. It's just 
things that are making us think (laughs) or, you know, things that we come across. And Mary actually shared this article with me and I said, Hey, do you want to come on the podcast and let's talk about this? Because I just found it really fascinating and a different type of perspective. So I hope it gave all of you listeners something to think about this Friday. And uh, hopefully we will have Mary back on for another Friday show. So thanks again, Mary, for being a guest once again. Yeah. Thank you, April. Okay, everyone. Well, I hope you have a great weekend. Take care. Thank you.